0: Chapter 18. Uh, for the last several weeks, I've been preaching on some themes that have to do with salvation. And maybe you haven't paid attention to that, but we dealt with the subject of faith. We dealt with repentance a few weeks back. Last week, we dealt with regeneration or being born again. Uh, have you been born again? Amen. Hope you have. And today, I'm dealing with the subject of our genuine, our genuine believers standing before God, and that's justified. We're going to talk about justification today. And the title of my sermon is Just If I've Never Sinned. That's where you stand if you're a true believer. Just as if you've never sinned in the heart and mind of our God. But you've got to trust Christ as Savior. Amen? Luke chapter 18, we're going to read verses um, 9 through 18. And then I'm going to make a reference to the book of Job to get us started. I I never thought about putting this on somewhere. On this getup. I think it'll work. Oh, my shirt. Uh, who said that, Tom? Thank you, Tom. Appreciate that. Good de- deacon, always backing me up, helping me more than anybody knows, that's for sure. All right. Let me get this going here. I debated on having a tie today, but I thought, you know, real old-fashioned preachers, back in the day, they didn't wear ties, a white-collared shirt, brogan shoes, overalls, and A hanky not necessarily a white one but or a red one but uh, for years and years and years I fought dressing up when I first preached I'd dress up with my regular suit then change for the day but I'm getting old lazy and I want to be comfortable and this works good amen I got these in Amish country a few years ago and they're the real deal if you go there you'll find like a thousand men that look like me on any given day praise the Lord And Luke chapter 18, we're going to take a look at verse 9 to start with today. Luke 18 verse 9. And he spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up into the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee and the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in the week, give tithes of all that I possess, and the publican standing afar off would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For every one that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. Notice that last point again. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified. That's what I want to preach today about our justification in Christ. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this good day. Lord, we've had this special day for so many years. Parkview loves this day. I do. It draws our attention, Lord, back to the old-time way. We thank you that we've got a Bible that has stood the time. Thank you for the church, Lord, that you have blessed. And that, uh, Lord, for old-time religion of the gospel and Jesus and the Holy Ghost. And, and Lord, the fellowship of the saints and so many wonderful things. And pray for a little while today you'd help me as I preach before these people. And then, Lord, we can enjoy some fellowship one with another. We ask these favors, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Justified, never saved. That's my standing in Christ. You know, of course, I have sinned, sinned, and so have you. But after you get saved, God doesn't remember that. He takes our sins and puts them behind his back. He puts our sins in the depths of the sea. Never to be remembered anymore. Many, many scriptures talk about God removing our sins from us. I want to start this morning's message, though, with another text that I feel is so important. And for time's sake, I'm just going to I'm re- read it for you. Job chapter 25 and verse 4. And this is what it says. I'd like to read it to you and introduce my thoughts as we go on. Job 25 verse 4. How then can a man be justified with God? Good question. Job said, how then can a man be justified with God? Or how can he be clean that is born of a woman? Now the glorious message of Jesus Christ and his gospels provided for us. A satisfactory answer to that question. You see, because God justifies the sinner by His good grace. And it's just that simple. We may not feel justified, we may not look justified all the time, we may not act justified all the time, but in the eyes of God, we are justified once we receive His Son as our Savior by faith. And that's our standing in Christ. Paul wrote in Romans 3.26, To declare, I say, at this time his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. In Romans 4, 5, Paul wrote again, But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that uh, that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. So when I asked Jesus to save me in that upstairs bedroom 45 years ago, God looked down and saw my faith and, and my confidence and my trust in him. And I asked him to forgive him me of my sins and to save my soul. And he did it at that very moment. And I've been saved ever since. I'm not saved because of my good deeds. No, God doesn't justify the ungodly. Faith, by faith, we're counted righteous in the, in the eyes of God. As a sinner... That repents and by faith places his sole trust in Jesus as Savior, everyone that does that stands justified before a holy God. Has nothing to do with anything we've done. But here's the problem justification is not preached too much anymore, it's an old time doctrine. Now it's easy believism, which it can be very easy. But listen, be careful. Justification is something, God does something we don't do. It's been misunderstood and mistaught for a long time. So as in the past weeks, as I've dealt with faith and repentance and regeneration, I, I want to approach this, this theme of justification in the same manner. So first of all, I'd like to say what exactly is biblical meaning of justification? What is that? Well, Acts chapter 13. I want to go there. You can join me if, you, if you'd like. Acts chapter 13, we'll read a few verses here and we'll get what God's word says about the situation. Acts chapter 13, verse 38. What is the exact biblical meaning of justification? In Acts chapter 13, verse 38, the Bible says, Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. And by him all that believe are justified from all things from which ye could not be justified by the law of Moses. Now why is this so important? Because the the crowd that is being preached to here were Jews. They thought their salvation was in keeping the law. I still run into people every once in a while, you talk to them about being saved, and they say, well, I, I keep the Ten Commandments. First of all, that's not true. Nobody can keep all Ten Commandments. Nobody has. We have an illustration in the Bible, I believe, in Mark's Gospel, chapter 10, where a man kept seven of ten. But listen, that's only 70%. (laughs) And the Bible says that you offend one point of the law, you offend them all. Matter of fact, there's 365, I believe, laws mentioned in the Scripture. Everybody wants to talk about the ten, but there's many more laws. But you know, God didn't give the law for us to keep. He gave the law for us to see that we need a Savior. In the book of Galatians, the Bible says that the law is our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. Now, what does that mean? Today, people think of a schoolmaster as a teacher up in front of a classroom with a marker board. My day, it was a chalkboard. Now, that's old time day. The law was given as a schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. Back in biblical day, the schoolmaster was not the teacher. The schoolmaster was the person that brought the students to the teacher. It's almost like in our church that we have a bus ministry where people need a ride. We go pick them up and bring them to church. So in other words, the person that picks them up and brings them to church is the schoolmaster. Now the law was given to bring us to Christ. The law was given to show us that we're sinners. The law was given to show us that we can't keep all these things. That we absolutely need a Savior. People, if you think you're going to go to heaven because you keep this or keep that or don't do this or don't do that, you're mistaken. You're misunderstanding the whole truth. Justification before God is his work in your life by grace. Not anything you do. This text shows us that by believing in Jesus, we receive forgiveness of sins, verse 38, and we're justified, verse 39. This means that there's more going on with this word justification than we tend to think It means that we have been cleared from all blame and have been free from every charge that can be brought against us. I have a clean slate before God. Amen. I'll give you an illustration of this. Uh, uh, You remember that Job, in Job chapter 1, it's talking about his life, the accusations against him, and uh, God had a response towards Satan who approached him in heaven. You see, the Bible says that Satan came to God and stood before him. And here's what it says in chapter 1, verse 8. He makes an accusation against Job, and, and God says back to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? And here's what God said about him there is none like him in the earth, a perfect, an upright man, one that feareth God and he shoot evil. You know, that's a wonderful testimony to have. You know, you ought to seek to have a good testimony. But what's better? That God has your testimony. God says, hey, don't worry about Steve Brown. I know he's not perfect. I know he's a lot of things. I'll tell you what. He is justified before me. That's what matters. God knows the time and the place that I called on his son to be my savior. God knows that I changed my my address. I'm heaven bound. God knows that, that I've been forgiven of my sins. And I have confidence in that. The Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the... A child of God I thank God for the memory I thank God for the day but if I get to the point in my life where I lose memory and I don't I don't remember things I'm still in Christ because God's keeping me not me God saved me not me and he recognizes my position before him as being justified now in an earthly court a judge listen this is important In an earthly court, a judge cannot both forgive a man and justify him at the same time. Why is that? For if he forgives him, then he must be guilty, and therefore he cannot be justified. You get that? Now, on the other hand, if he justifies him, he does not need forgiveness. Let that sink in. See, not just any job, but God, the sovereign, righteous God of the universe... He undertakes both the ability to forgive sin and justify the sinner. That means God can forgive the guilty and condemn the sin, then place him in a new position, which means completely innocent of all charges. Man, that's a blessing. Romans 8.1, Paul said it this way, There is therefore now no condemnation of them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk after the flesh and not after the Spirit. That's what God knows. Justification... What it means. It means that we're clear of all guilt before a holy God. Now you may know something on me. I may know something on you. Somebody may know something about your past. But listen, when you get that sin, that past life under the blood, it's over with. God looks at you as a justified child of God. Our sins are never brought back up to him. Second of all, so how are we justified in the mind of God, in the eyes of God? Romans 3.20. Therefore, by the deeds of the law shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. Uh, God's word makes it very clear that no one is justified by their own efforts, by their own good. You talk to sinners, trying to witness to them. By the way, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So you pretty much talk to anybody and they'll be a sinner, even saved people. They know that. I'm, I'm a sinner, but I've been saved by grace. But I can go back to the time and the place where I tell you I realized I was lost and I needed God. And I'm so thankful that God gave me the sense to call upon him. There's a lot of people that have been given the gospel and they don't have the sense enough to receive it by faith into the heart and life. I'm glad I have. David said, who who is man that thou art mindful of him? I'm that guy. Why did God ever save me? But I'm glad he did. I don't deserve it, but He did. Do you have a time in your life where you realized you were a sinner and needed God and you called upon him and he saved your soul? And listen, instantaneously, you were justified in the eyes of God. And then God did another thing. He started changing you. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Have you ever changed? Are you changing? That's a good thing. We, We give it a term called progressive sanctification. Over time, we become more and more sanctified. But we're never perfect. But in the eyes of God we are. It's written down. It's sealed. It's settled. Amen? Galatians 2 and verse 16. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus Christ, that he might be the just, we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the working of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. Galatians 3.11, but that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God. It is evident for the just shall live by faith. See, it's very clear in the Bible that you and I don't do anything to get saved. We can't do anything to be saved. We can't be, do anything to keep ourselves safe. It's all a work of God's grace. But people often want to talk about, oh, I've been a good person. I've never done this. I've never done that. I, I think I'll be Okay. There's never anywhere in the Bible where our good works outweigh our bad works. There's no big scale up in heaven. I wish there wasn't a scale at my doctor's office, if you get my drift. But there's no big scale up in heaven that says you have so many good things you've done, it outweighs all the bad. No! No one's justified like that. You get justified when you admit your sin guilt, and it's heavy. But you ask God to forgive you and take away your sin. By faith, he does it. And we stand in that. Amen? I, uh, I think about people that try to do good deeds and re- resolutions and reformation and all these things they try to do. But you know, it's like a condemned prison inmate who's found guilty of crimes. It doesn't matter who, how popular they are. Even if they get caught or don't get caught. We just saw this thing with the Kavanaugh and so forth. God knows. God knows. We just saw Mr. Cosby get put in prison. And for all those years, he said he didn't do it, he didn't do it, didn't do it. He's found guilty. He's paying the price. We go to Cotton Correctional Facility every month and preach to the prisoners. They're, such, they're so kind. They're so thankful for when we come and preach to them. Sometimes we've had as many as 140 men come to those services. Sometimes as little as 50. But they come and they listen to the word of God. And I'm not picking on anybody. I'm just saying, I was there at least four or five times to preach to ex-Mayor Kwame Kilpatrick. And you know, he was found guilty of things. Now, I didn't make him guilty. He was found in a trial to be guilty. And when I first met the man, I'll tell you personally, meeting him, he showed tears. He showed remorse. He showed a countenance of contrition when he got to that prison. He appeared humble and, and, and remorseful. And I watched him as each time we'd go. He joined the choir. He sang specials. He praised God. He had a real uh, quiet and meek type spirit. But when the trial wasn't reviewed and they were sending him off to Texas, I saw a difference in the man in just a few services. He came from Milan Correctional and came to Cotton you know what he appeared like? He appeared thuggish and cocky and disinterested. I saw that with my own eyes. Let me tell you something. I don't, that's between him and God someday, but I'll tell you this. It is clear that just like that who's found guilty, we are guilty before God. And you can show all the crocodile tears you want, and you can say something out of your mouth, and you can appear to be contrite, You can do all those things. It doesn't change the fact that you've been pronounced guilty. I am guilty before a holy God. I deserve the judgment of God on me. But God, the righteous judge, the sovereign God, because of what Jesus did on the cross for me and for all of us, he's declared me righteous. And I don't care what a court, I don't care what a system says, in God's eyes, in God's mind, I am clear of all guilt and charges against me. Any sinner can appear justified, but God knows the real deal. Now there's seven aspects about true justification that I want to give you quickly. We won't be here long. We'll be out there enjoying that good lunch. But I've seen many a man in my life That said they didn't feel guilty or they weren't a sinner or they were keeping the golden rule or trying to keep the Ten Commandments or they were religious or here's one. They'll say because of the where I was born and and my lifestyle and my parents and my dad blaming everybody they can, but we're all guilty. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Every one of us. And if we don't get a savior, we're 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 in trouble. We're hell bound. We're condemned. Save Jesus Christ. Forgive us of our sins as we call upon him personally. As our Lord and Savior. Seven things I want to give you real quick about New Testament justification. First one is this. We are justified by God. He's the author of justification. He wrote the book. He wrote the book. Romans 3.26 that... We might be just in the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. Romans 4:5. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly. His faith is counted for righteousness. See, in the eyes of God, you're looking at a justified man. Justified, never sinned. That's my position. That's my standing in Jesus Christ. Second of all, we're also said to be justified by grace. That's the principle of justification. This means that we're justified without any merit of our own, without any good deeds, without any good works. Titus 3.5 says, Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saves us by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. That's not baptism, folks. That's blood washed. Jesus shed his blood on the cross of Calvary, and his blood was effectual to wash away all sin. Romans 3.24, Being justified freely by his grace. Through the redemption is in Christ Jesus. This word freely denotes that there's nothing I can do to earn it. And nothing I can do to keep it. And nothing I can do that I deserve it. It's all of grace. You know what grace is? It's the unmerited favor of God. You don't work for it, God just gives it. Thirdly, we are justified by blood. That's the ground of justification. Not my blood, not somebody else's blood, Jesus' blood. A holy God must have a righteous basis to justify any sinner. And it's the blood of Jesus Christ. You know, back in the Old Testament, those Jews would bring an offering for sin many times during the year. They had the Day of Atonement where the high priests would make atonement for the whole lot of them. And they'd choose a lamb and they'd slay that innocent lamb and the blood would be applied to their sin debt. But you see, it was a picture and a type of something that had never happened yet. That lamb was a picture of Jesus who would be slain on the cross of Calvary. And he'd become the lamb of God slain before the foundations of the world. Then if you look to Jesus on the cross and believe on him, that blood was applied to your sin debt. And God sees the blood, he passes over us. There's no condemnation, there's no guilt, there's no more judgment upon us. Because a righteous, sovereign God has has declared us to be clear of any account of guilt or sin. The blood of Jesus Christ. We're all condemned sinners. Back in the Old Testament, the only way you could get your sin forgiven is you have some atonement, but somebody had to die. Sin, the sin of penalty, the, 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 the sin penalty is death. Romans 6, uh, 23, the wages of sin is death. What's that word death? Physical death, obviously, but more than that, spiritual separation. When somebody dies, our loved one dies, or a friend dies, acquaintance dies, the biggest, hardest thing is that not seeing him anymore. There's separation. But when a sinner dies, they're separated from God forevermore. Well, what kind of a place where there's no God? It's called Hell. To be, to never see God, never have anything godly for all eternity. For the ways of sin is death, but the gift of God, amen, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. God's extending the gift, but mankind's pushing his hand away. Man is saying, believe on my son, you have eternal life, and man's saying, no thank you. Listen, listen to me today. Everybody listen. Have you received the gift of salvation in Jesus Christ? Have you called upon him to save your soul? If you had, you're justified. God doesn't look at you as guilty anymore. You're clear. You're clean. If you've never done it, God sees you as sinner. But it's condemned to death and that's separation from him for all eternity. People get afraid of death. Listen, one death. I'm not looking forward to death. I'm really not. But I know the minute I close my eyes in death, I'm present with the Lord. Scripture tells me so. I'm, I'm looking for the, the uh, I'm looking, what is it, Brother Phil? The hole in the sky? That you tell me. I'm looking for the upper taker, not the undertaker. I'm looking for the rapture. The catching away of the saints. I still believe it's going to happen in my day. Paul did too. Didn't happen. But it's going to happen. I'm justified in Christ. And either by the grave or through the rapture, I'm going to be with God for all eternity. Not because I did anything. But I put my faith and trust in what Jesus did on the cross for me. Amen. God loves us so much. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life, everlasting life. Amen. What a Savior. Hallelujah. Fourth, we are justified by faith. That's the condition of justification. There's a human condition, and this is this: believing on Christ. Romans 5:1, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. John 3:36 says, "He that hath the Son of God hath, not life, uh, He that hath the Son of God hath life, he that hath not the Son of God hath not life, but the wrath of God abideth on him." If you're sitting here today and you've never asked Jesus to be your Savior, forgive you of your sins, the wrath of God abides on you. It's hovering over you. You don't see it, spiritually speaking. Condemnation is upon you. But you know what God can do for you? As you realize, I am a sinner. I have done wrong. God, forgive me of my sins. Be merciful to me, a sinner. You know what God will do? He'll take away your sin debt and he'll declare you righteous in his mind in his eyes what a wonderful thing salvation is Romans 4 5 but him that worketh not see so many people want to work I did this and I do that and I'm a good person and I give to this organization and I work in a soup kitchen and I I I you, you name it people say they do it that makes them safe no no he that worketh not but believeth on him that justifies the ungodly his faith it's counted for righteousness. So justified by faith is the condition we stand in. And number five, we are justified by the resurrection. You know what that is? <laughs> it's the guarantee of justification. Not my resurrection. The resurrection of Jesus. He died. Three days they buried him. Three days later, he rose again, victorious over death, hell, and the grave. Amen. That's what we celebrated Easter: the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And through Christ's resurrection, God the Father is satisfied with the finished work of Christ. Amen. Isaiah 53, 10 says, Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. Wow, think about that one. It pleased the Lord to bruise him, Christ. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. That's... That was written, listen to me, that was written 700 years before the cross took place. God said it pleased the Lord to bruise him. Who? Jesus Christ. He took my sin dead and your sin upon himself. He became sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him, meaning Christ. I'll tell you what, we're justified because of the resurrection. Jesus rose from the grave. Nobody ever did that. Jesus rose from the grave for our sins. The guarantee of justification. Then we are justified by works. Now, watch it. People say, Oh, you said we're not saved by works. No, no. Listen to me. Justified by works, the evidence of justification. We don't work to get saved, we work because we're saved. We change and do good things, not because necessarily we want to because within us we work out our own salvation in the sense that we do good deeds you know before I was saved I didn't I didn't care what people thought of me I I sinned like everybody else sinned I I was selfish I was thinking about myself I was thinking I'm gonna be all right because I I've been confirmed and baptized as a baby and I'm kind of religious and I don't do this and I don't do that but I was lost I was totally lost then the Holy Ghost pricked my heart showed me I was a lost sinner condemned And I remember saying, Lord, forgive me my sins and save my soul and change my life. And he did. He did it. Why? Because I was such a great guy. No, I was a great sinner. But I knew he was the Savior and I called upon him. And since then, I do good works. Not to get saved or to stay saved, but because I am. It's the evidence of justification. If somebody's truly saved, there'll be some evidence. There'll be some change. There'll be some want to. And there are people that I love, maybe you love, and you look at them and you wonder, when am I going to see some evidence? You know, I was talking to somebody about this this morning. You know, people can be saved and not live like it and act like it. It's possible. Lot vexed his righteous soul from day to day. He was a righteous man, but he didn't live like it. But that's not the normal case. The normal case for a Christian is when you get saved, things change. There's a desire. The scripture says the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. means the lost person doesn't naturally care for the things of God. And that is so true. Lost people, they don't want God. They don't want church. They don't want the Bible. They don't want righteousness. They don't want any of that. They'd rather do this and do that and be with these people. But somebody gets truly saved, watch them, watch them. They're going to change. And if they don't, they're going to go through the biggest spanking of their entire life. Because God chastens those that are His. The Bible's very clear on this. He said, if you're not chastened, then you're bastards. Listen, the Bible says, and not son." What does that word mean? It means illegitimate. Not belonging to God. I'm a child of God, not by my own deeds, because God declared me to be so. I have a father. Amen. And I've come to him through his son, Jesus Christ. Have you? I'll guarantee you this. If you're saved, there will be some good works in your life. That's the evidence of your justification. Amen? Well, I gave you that one. Number seven, and I'm about done. We are justified by experience. What's that mean? The result of justification. In other words, certain things will take place as a result of my standing with God. Amen? And I'm just going to give you these for time. I don't have time to preach this. Romans chapter 5. Please read it this week. Romans chapter 5 verses 1 through 11. There's a blessed result of justification. There's some things that are going to happen because you are justified in the heart and mind of God. There's seven things. Paul writes them down. Now, I'll just give them to you. Here's one. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 5.1. Peace God. You know what people are looking for today? You know what people want? They want Peace. Some people's lives are so messed up. There's no peace. There's no settlement. Amen. There's worry and fear, anxiety galore. Sometimes we as Christians fight that stuff because we've still got the old nature. You do understand that. But people that are lost, they don't have any peace. But the Bible says we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's a result of being justified. Then the Bible says, by whom we have access by faith in the grace for whom we sin. We have access by faith. I can pray and my prayers are going to God. Isn't that amazing? I can bow my head before a righteous God. I'm not that righteous. I still sin. I'd still do wrong. But the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses from all sin. I've got to confess it, and God will cleanse it again. That's my standing. I have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Not that there's not times where I don't have peace. But I'll tell you, I live in peace through Jesus Christ. And I have access to the throne of God. Hey, sooner or later in your life, you're going to really need God. Something's going to happen. Maybe not often. You may say, I don't pray that much. Hey, there's going to be a time where you're trying to get a hold of God. If you're saved, you have access to the throne of God. Us leaders the other night, we prayed with Brother Gene Volka. That's serious. He's sick. And we have access to the throne of God. When we lifted our voices for Him, God was hearing us. Amen. Same thing's true with you and I. And then He says in Romans 5 too, and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. I'm glad I have hope. I'm glad I have hope. You know what the Bible says? Hope deferred maketh the heart sick. You keep putting it. You keep putting hope at the end of something because you don't believe. Listen, to have a life of no hope is not much of a life. I have my hope in Jesus Christ. I have my hope in heaven. I have my hope in what God's word says through Jesus Christ. We glory in tribulation, meaning that there's going to be times in our lives that things don't seem good. But you know what God does to the Christian? We even have hope and then we glory in our tribulation. Even bad things going on, we still glorify God. We still believe God loves us. Amen. Sometimes we might doubt it, but that's where the faith kicks in. And then it says this, Romans 5, 5, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. Listen, I know God loves me. A lot of people don't, they don't feel love. They don't know love. Listen, friend, listen, God loves you. Every one of us, listen, I don't if you're safe, fine. Maybe you're not safe. Friend, God loves you. How much did God love you? He loved you so much he gave his only begotten son. That's a lot of love. In Christ, the love of God is shed abroad in my heart. I know I'm loved. And then here's one good, Romans 5.5. 5, By the Holy Ghost which is given you, I have the Holy Ghost within me. And that's one of the evidences of salvation. You know because the Holy Spirit will make himself known to you. On the other hand, there are people that are not saved and the Holy Ghost has not given them any peace or any contentment or any assurance. I was talking to someone this morning in, in the uh, couples class. They were talking about going through times of not being sure. Kids do. Grownups do. Adults do. But he said he, he had assurance of his salvation. Saved young. I remember when I first, and maybe some of you have never done this, but when I was saved, I didn't know the Scriptures real well yet. I was just growing. I remember saying this little prayer to God. Lord, if I'm not saved now, please save me. i got a feeling some other people have that. Yeah, anybody here done that before? Okay, yeah, just being honest, right? Lord, if I'm not saved now, I get the preacher to preach hard about hell or, or, or missing heaven or judgment of God in those early years. But I remember the place. I was saved, 31749 Robson, Garden City, Michigan, upstairs bedroom. I got the assurance of my salvation. I don't know what our address was in Garden City. Do you remember, hon? MacArthur Street. Zero, 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 zero. I'll have to look that up. I can't remember. But I remember. I remember after having a prayer meeting at our house, I was going through some doubt. And I remember God speaking to my heart saying, listen. I saved you, you called upon me, I looked at his word, and I, that day I said, Lord, I'm never going to doubt you again. You said you'd save me, I called upon you, you saved myself. And I'll be honest with you, all these rest of these years, I've been saved for almost 45. I'd say for 40, couple, 18 months, whatever, I had my doubts at times. But from that point on, I've never doubted it. God has given me assurance. Amen. And God will do that for you, if you ask him key is you have to know you don't have to know the date but you'll know a time and a place that you ask God to forgive you of your sin and come in your heart and save your soul and then he'll give you assurance of the Holy Ghost and lastly and not only so chapter 5 verse 11 but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ I have joy Look at, people have happiness. You know what happiness is? Happiness is connected to happenings. So if you've had a good work week, you feel okay. If you've had some nice things happen, somebody gave you a cruise. <laughs> somebody gave you a car. That's, that's good. It's that's a pretty I've never had it. I'm just using an illustration here. Something good's happened to you. So through happenings, Christmas, you know, vacation, all the good things in life, you feel okay. Happiness and joy are different. Joy is in the inside, even when everything's going wrong. And that's through Jesus Christ. I have the joy of the Lord in my soul. Even though maybe everything's going wrong. Heartache upon heartache. Broken hearted over this. The loss of someone. Your children not doing right. Uh, some surgery. Some, some doctor's report. We don't always have happiness. But with every Christian, there ought to be joy in spite of our trials. Amen. I have joy in the Lord. There have been times I've been so broken, Brother Cal, that then God would give me his joy in the midst of those losses and trials and difficulties. Joy, unspeakable and full of glory. Listen, what's the difference? Do you have happiness or do you have joy? God will give you both, but I'll tell you what, I'll take joy any day. Because that's deep on the inside, it's settled. No matter what's happening. So folks, I'm finishing here. We are not justified because of anything we've done, but because, or that we feel like it. No, no, no. We are justified because God declares us to be. He says so. Romans 3.26, To declare, I say, at this time His righteousness, that we might be just. And the justifier of him that believeth in Jesus. That word declared means announced. God's announcing it. Proclaimed. God's proclaiming it. Made to be so. God's made it to be so. Amen. It's a judicial statement. God, the sovereign judge of all the universe, has declared me righteous. I'm not righteous. Righteous. But God looks at me and he sees the blood of Christ. He knows the faith I put in him and he declares me righteous. And if you're saved, he declares you righteous. And here's our standing, I'm done. Just if I've never saved. Sin, excuse me. Mess that up. I, you know, here I'm at my climax here of my message, and I goof it up. Let me give it to you one more time. Forget, erase that. Just if I've never sinned. That's what God sees when he sees me. If you're saved, that's what he sees if he sees you. But if you're not, during this invitation, right now, at the end of this service, you can come. Let us take the Bible. Let us pray with you. And you can invite Jesus Christ into your heart and life to be your Savior. It would be a wonderful thing. Something else about You'd be ever, the rest of your days, be able to write down in your Bible on is it till you the 30th? on September 30th at 11.45am I invited Jesus Christ into my heart and life to be my Lord and Savior Eight. settled how? by faith in Christ by repentance by admitting to God I'm a sinner I need a Savior and oh Jesus would you please save me and he will he has and he will. But listen, he won't do it without you asking. You must call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, listen, 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 shall be saved. But you've got to call. You've got to put your faith. You can't run on my faith or anybody else's faith. You've got to call on him. And then you've got to do it. Save your soul. He'll give you peace. The Holy Spirit will give you assurance. And you can go on. The rest of your days and walk and serve your God what a deal what a God let's bow our heads if we would every head bowed it's an old-fashioned message today justification what are you going to do you're going to try to get to heaven in your own good works. you don't have enough why don't you come today and invite Jesus into your heart and life today nail it down my friend nail it down If some of you have doubts and fears, ask God to give you assurance. Ask God to give you assurance. But today, you can trust the Lord as your Savior. Let's pray. Father, do a work that only you can do in the lives that are needing soul salvation. Help them to call upon you, Lord, to save them. And I know you will. I pray that we that are saved will be much in prayer right now for this invitation. We that are saved and perhaps we're distant from you right now, Lord, you know, we know. We pray that we come back to you on this old-fashioned day and get back to serving you like we should. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand if we would, please.